0: Welcome to Decoding Parenthood where we unleash the secrets of parenting. As we roll into the year 2023, we are all looking to bring in some healthy eating habits not only to our palate but also our child's palate. Today we have Miss Jenny with us who is also a licensed nutritionist and we are going to talk about how we can introduce foods to our child's palate without throwing them off you know, having a continuous balance, and also maybe introduce new ballots to our own diet. So welcome, Miss Jenny. Thank you for having me. Of course. Happy New Year. Oh, same to you. So what do you think, you know, how can, as a parent, as a working parent, how can we start introducing new foods to our child's diet? You know, many families, might relate to this, and you know their child might just want chicken nuggets and pizza for every dinner. And as we work, eight, nine hours a day, we don't want to deal with the drama and the hunger. So you know, maybe we can talk about different ways today on how we can give these choices to children, but still not shock their system. Yeah,
1: um, I think introducing different foods to kids is very important and it doesn't have to be stressful, doesn't have to be traumatic, and it also um, doesn't need to be immediate. And I think the last aspect of it, not being immediate is um, the point that parents definitely need to pay attention to because a lot of the clients that I work with expect results very quickly and feel um, a lot of frustration over not succeeding within very short periods of time. But ultimately the way we eat is a skill that is a lifelong skill and we continue learning it. Mm -hmm. And we continue changing our likes and dislikes, our preferences, our palate changes Mm -hmm. to, you know, depending on what we expose to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, things that are of interest to us so utilizing our entire universe essentially is a great way to introduce new things into your child's life just like you would with anything that's not edible as well so involving a child is definitely one of those options uh, you know you can take your child shopping with you you can Uh, create a game or a plan or a, you know, tradition of getting a new fruit or a new vegetable uh, or a new, you know, food of some other type Mm -hmm. that you would get every week Mm -hmm. and try. Um, And you can, again, depending on the age of the child, you can look up at how to prepare it or how to cut it up if it's just Mm -hmm. a fruit, et cetera. There are lots of uh, different options out Mm -hmm. in the websites, Mm -hmm. out on YouTube. So once you kind of make that step of, hey, let's explore and experiment, Mm -hmm. the sky is really the limit and there are definitely resources that are widely available and available for free. Involving the child is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Also, leveraging child's interests in this aspect is mm-hmm. also very helpful. So, for example, if the child is interested and loves art, uh, maybe you can get like a dragon fruit and draw it before you cut it up and eat it. Okay. Or maybe you make it out of clay. Uh, or maybe, you know, with a younger child, you look at the different colors of the fruit and then you cut it mm-hmm. up and you look at the colors on the inside. Mm-hmm. If you have a child who is interested in math, they can cut mm-hmm. up all the seeds of the dragon fruit. So the, there are lots of ways to kind of build this almost like as an educational activity mm-hmm. that is just a part of your lifestyle for older kids. You know, learning about where does this fruit come from? Mm-hmm. You know, does it grow on a tree? Does it grow in the bush? Mm-hmm. Like all of those things are also going to be very important. Mm-hmm. And the involvement of child's interests and involving the child and kind of allowing child-led uh, directive mm-hmm. to take place will also help with children being more open and less stressed about trying new foods. So what I invite you to, you know, do with kids is actually, you know, be mindful of, you know, what are the types of foods that I eat and how can I make this more fun and at the same time more variant. Um, starting with familiar things and expanding out within that familiar category Mm -hmm. is actually one of the ways to make that process less stressful for a child if new things are stressful. So for example if the child is enjoying cauliflower then you take that food and you go to the store and you look look at that We have green cauliflower, we have purple cauliflower, we have orange cauliflower, Mm -hmm. or we have this type of apple and that type of
0: apple. Mm -hmm.
1: And then you can, for example, with dinner for dessert, you can buy one of each apple, cut it up and slice it and do like a tasting party, which, you know, elevates the experience, involves the entire family Mm -hmm. and, and makes it a lot more fun. And speaking of families, you know, family-style dining mm-hmm. is also one of the ways to encourage, introduce, and also desensitize the child mm-hmm. to that shock of something that's new. Um, when the child is exposed to various foods, mm-hmm. um, that becomes the norm for the child. So, with that, the child will be more likely to be open to trying new things and also to recognize that we just eat food. There is no, this is child's food and this, this is adult's food, food and yeah. the adult mix. Um, so again, accepting food for what it is as opposed to seeking specific, you know, boxes for that food to be called, you know, kids' foods, non-kids' foods, is important. And we see that, you know, cross-culturally where, you know, if we go to, uh, you know, most fast food places in the U.S., for example, you're going to see kids' menu. Um, If you go to a variety of ethnic restaurants, be it Mexican, Vietnamese, Korean, there is no such thing as a kid's menu. The children will eat
0: what adults what eat. Adults eat. Yeah.
1: And usually, you know, the, the kids are just gonna pick at whatever everybody's eating mm-hmm. instead of like having to order a plate for themselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very important skill for children to learn that a negative experience is still an experience mm-hmm. and it's still valuable. And it is okay to try
0: something
1: and to not like Like it it. in general. At least 10, if not 30 times is necessary to continue tasting something in order for your taste buds to kind of accept that flavor. Mm -hmm. And for one person to not necessarily love the new food, Mm -hmm. but at least not be absolutely, you know,
0: push back from it yeah. yeah yeah
1: so saying to a child it's okay and then trying that some at a later time mm-hmm. is i think a viable option as well
0: i also you know would like to add to that is that you know when we give something to our child and if they try it and it could be like you know just a teaspoon you have to appreciate that part And, you know, thank them for trying it out because they were hesitant. They took that step. And we as adults are very vocal and can express how we feel. And if we don't like something, we're not going to eat it. But they're always worrying about, you know, what if my mom and dad get sad or what if they get angry? So it's very important that when they do, you know, you have to appreciate like, oh, thank you for trying. I know you didn't like it. but I really you know appreciate or I'm thankful that you actually took that step towards trying something new because then the next time they won't be scared to try something new because they know that you know it's okay, it's okay to not like something
1: and they're probably going to learn that it's okay to be and more to comfortable be yeah yep, with your parents yep um a co- one thing that you mentioned that I wanted to kind of loop into this conversation is you said that as adults we may know that we don't like something and we just don't eat Mm -hmm. it so interestingly enough our palates don't always match our children's palates so as adults i encourage you know families Mm -hmm. to purchase in small amounts things that they may not necessarily like because their children may like it and just to give you a personal example, um, for the longest time, I absolutely could not stand the taste and the smell of celery, like absolutely just repulsed by it. So we have never, ever had celery in the house. And um, my son went to his friend's house and they had celery and he ate celery. And I was so shocked. Because, you know, you think I'm a nutritionist, I'm a specialist, I've worked with so many people for so many years, and it hasn't even crossed my mind that maybe I should get some celery because what if my child likes celery? We can learn from our kids and also emphasize their experience, um, not necessarily based on our personal one, but just letting them experience this
0: world without our opinions already ingrained there. No, I mean, that's an amazing point because, you know, we come from a different culture and a different background, all of us do at some point. And we we always try and, you know, we always see our children's eating habits and we're like, we grew up eating this, why are you not eating? (laughs) But we forget that, you know. We all adults have different taste buds. We all like different things. Even, you know, husband, wife, they have different choices. And how can you expect a child to like everything you like because they also have their own personal choice. So as, you know, as we were talking about this and earlier, you brought up a great point about family style dining.
1: So family style dining is essentially the old traditional family meal. Okay and that doesn't have to be dinner it can be every meal i mean ideally it would be every meal uh but it doesn't have to be and it can be a breakfast it can be lunch it can be dinner it could be a snack it doesn't matter so um The basis of the family-style meal is that everybody sits down at a table together Mm -hmm. and food is served not individually on a plate, but food is served, you know, in the middle of the table and people take what they wish. So, um, in general, family-style dining usually will expose all the participants, child including, Um, to the variety of foods that's being served. And by knowing what people like um, and also verbalizing the intentions, uh, people can establish a very healthy routine of, you know, having different meals and recognizing that sometimes there will be food that not everybody loves. But we are grateful for the person who made it. We are grateful for having the funds to put food on our table Mm -hmm. and we're just going to eat it. And on another day, there will be something else that, you know, somebody else will really, really like. And maybe somebody else may or may not like.
0: I have heard from parents like, you know, when when the child or the children are in school, they seem to be eating. What school provides so it could be different cuisine or you know it could be a different kind of pasta like they apparently are like the best eaters when it comes to trying different things at an outside venue or an outside place but then when they cook the same thing at home they don't want to try any of it so they always question is like what are we doing so differently or like, what is the, you know, as a, as a parent, like, what can I do that they can continue to try new things even at home as they're doing it at their work of, you know, schooling or wherever they are. Um, you know, do you, do you have any pointers on that?
1: First of all, not every school has such an amazing, you know, food program as you. And most schools will actually serve, you know, fast food uh, for their children. And fast food or processed food um, is a hyper palatable food. What what that means is that those foods will have a lot of sugar, Mm -hmm. a lot of fat, and a lot of salt Mm -hmm. um, by default. And specifically the food is designed to have those combinations of these you know ingredients to make sure that the food will taste good mm-hmm. and that a person will want more of it so we really cannot be in the same competition mm-hmm. with real homemade foods and fast processed foods it's just not the same mm-hmm they're not the same chemically they don't affect our brain in the same way so for you know children that are you know set to eat really well at school you're gonna start wondering what exactly they're eating right um rather than start doubting yourself and your culinary skills or you know if the fast food is really not a Piece of that puzzle at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to remember the psychology of children and you know the the excitement of novice things and the fact that a lot of children will eat at somebody else's house and they won't eat at
0: your house, right?
1: Um, to a point where there are parents that will literally cook the food, bring it to the neighbor, take the kid to the neighbor, have the neighbor pretend they cook the food. And feed the child, and the child will eat it. Yeah. So, like I said, you know, one of the things that is attractive about children is how amazing their world is and how unpredictable they are. Mm-hmm. If there is an option to send them to school with food that has been homemade, mm-hmm. uh, obviously that would be a better choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that is not an option, then you know figuring out rules at home and kind of sticking to them and figuring out okay how are we gonna do this Mm -hmm. i know one of the tricks that has been very successful in my practice is to have Mm -hmm. veggie trays sitting out with and and fruit bowls and just not letting kids you know if you want snack, this is snack, we don't have any snacks mm-hmm. and you don't buy snacks, you don't have it in the house mm-hmm. uh, and, and if the child is hungry, they're going to munch on it. If they're not hungry and it's just, you know, rubbing their eyes, they're probably going to reach for it as well. Mm-hmm. So at the very least, you know that in addition to whatever the processed food that they have received at school, they will get
0: some nutrition
1: nutrient rich yeah. foods uh,
0: at the end of this in days. the form
1: of various fruits and veggies and again you never know what mood your child is in at any particular day and time yeah. or moment yeah. so my suggestion is to keep it interesting keep those trays you know varied Obviously, if you see a pattern where, you know, your kid is obviously preferring red peppers to green peppers, you know, get more red peppers. Mm-hmm. But my, also another suggestion is to kind of keep a rotation of the different foods so that you can figure out maybe they're going to like something that right. you haven't expected them to like.
0: You know, as we are talking about how children like certain foods and they tend to, um, gravitate towards those, such as, you know, it could be the chicken nuggets or unfortunately it could be soda or, you know, high fructose drinks. How can we, you know, still provide those because, you know, we don't want them to not eat, Mm -hmm. but then also make sure that, you know, they're not consuming a lot of sugar, a lot of fat. You know, how, how can we make sure that it's still, you know, they're not, they're not starving, but then they're also not just tend to eat that all the time. Right. Great question. Um,
1: I think first and foremost, we have to keep things in perspective and institute small baby steps that can be sustainable rather than trying to reach an unattainable goal so uh you know maybe start with just getting a better product first better quality uh and then starting to train you know the palate to be accepting to less sugar or less salt etc so your example with the soda you know if the child is drinking soda, there are ways to make your own soda. Like for example, you know, you can buy ginger ale with mm-hmm. like 45 grams of sugar, artificial sweeteners, mm-hmm. or artificial colors, high fructose corn syrup, et cetera. So all the ingredients that you may not necessarily want in your child's diet, mm-hmm. um, if you just take seltzer and you take honey and you take some fresh ginger and you grate it, or you boil some ginger and you mix it with the seltzer, depending on how fizzy your child likes their drink, Mm -hmm. and mix the honey in, you're gonna get a sweet gingery drink, which is gonna be a replacement to the ginger ale.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And what I would suggest is actually, again, involving the child, and get it as sweet as they need it. So that at first, your first step that can be sustainable is for them to enjoy the replacement. Once you are set with that replacement, then slowly but surely you can maybe less, you know, add a little bit less of the honey. And next time you make it, you add just a little tiny bit less. And I'm talking, you know, maybe, quarter teaspoon less so a half a teaspoon less yeah so it's a very gradual slow change Mm -hmm. but that will allow the taste buds to adjust redevelop and for your child not necessarily have that very overt negative response to the changes same thing with you know your example with chicken nuggets um get good quality organic chicken Mm -hmm. make the breading buy good quality oil Mm -hmm. and do deep fried chicken nuggets in the oil but you know what every kind of oil you used yes yes Yes. so that way you are finding that compromise between your child that has very restricted eating patterns Mm -hmm. and at the same time really taking small steps to improve the quality of their intake mm-hmm. and also getting them involved in the food prep and showing that food comes from making it versus from buying it
0: yeah in-
1: another way to enhance nutrient quality of foods mm-hmm. for children with very limited palates
0: mm-hmm.
1: is to actually mix things in and hide them in so for example um they you know let's say they love mac and cheese and we just talked about a box mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. uh there are cauliflower based mac and cheeses you know you can try that if they like spaghetti and meatballs, for example, you know, you can start with putting a little bit of vegetables in the ground meat for the meatballs mm-hmm. um so and slowly again, dilute dilute the meat mm-hmm. with the veggies, mm-hmm. so they're still getting the flavor uh the texture, but they're also getting the veggies.
0: Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree less, you know it's it's so important. As you mentioned, like you're not alone and it's not a personal attack. So, you know, yes, we all work and we want to create this, you know, nutritious healthy meal for our child. And if they don't eat, we take it personally because we are like, oh, because
1: we put our heart and soul into it. it."
0: But the child doesn't, you know, they care that you put your heart and soul But, you know, when we go somewhere or when you go to a restaurant, and there's a dish that you ordered and if you don't like it, don't want to okay. eat it. Yeah. So how is that okay? And it's not okay for them to dislike what you made, right? So, you know, let's, let's take these points. Let's create an amazing palette for our children, but you know, don't give up because there's always going to be a learning point at every single thing that you try. And this is just one of them. So thank you, Miss Jenny, for telling us so many, you know, insights about how to increase your child's palate, how you can involve them in cooking, how you can involve them in meal planning, right? They're just children for us, but they are also equally responsible. Um, and they like responsibility. So let's involve them and let's make, you know, them a part of the change that you want to bring. So thank you so much for your time. We appreciate you having here.
1: My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank you. Until next time.